The most important thing that I do is I stop looking at the lives of other people. Oh. Because ultimately, uh, for myself, at least I found that that is what drives me to be unhappy. That's good, Tim. The, rea- the reality that, that, that I've come to understand is that there are many achievements along the journey. But like I said, you, you can become so distracted, you don't even realize the milestones you're hitting. Mm. And the reason that oftentimes I believe we don't uh, realize the milestones that we're hitting is because we're so busy comparing our lives to to the most successful people around us or, you know, th- things like that, that we minimize our own journey, our own journey. We minimize the successes that we've had. Hi friends, and welcome back to another episode of Finding Your Way. If you don't know, my name is Caleb and I'm your host. I have to be honest, today's episode is special to me. Each week I get to sit down and talk with some pretty amazing people doing amazing things in this world, but I haven't yet had the chance to sit down with anyone who stood alongside me and who played a firsthand role in my own transformational journey, meaning someone who was physically there with me. As so many of you might know, when I left the NFL, I moved to Canada where I did a deep dive into my own healing, which transformed my life in the most unimaginable ways. Today's guest, Tim McMorris, was one of the key people who played a pivotal role in my transformation. He created space for me, encouraged me, mentored me, and most importantly, he mirrored back to me things I just wasn't able to see myself. But here's the deal. Tim isn't some pastor or life coach. He's actually an internationally recognized music producer, composer, and recording artist. His music has been featured in marketing campaigns from some of the biggest brands around the world. Brands like Toyota, Adidas, Subway, and Samuel Adams, just to name a few. And I'm not just saying this because he's a friend, but Tim's music is some of the most life-giving music I've ever listened to. It's impossible to listen to his music and not smile or feel something come alive inside of you. Don't believe me? Here's a short preview from his song, Promised Land, on his latest EP called Hope. Come on now, if that didn't make you smile, just check your pulse real quick because you might not be breathing. And listen, regardless if you're a music fan or not, I promise you'll get something out of this episode. Like so many other people who have accomplished their dreams or who are highly successful, Tim's journey wasn't linear and it definitely didn't happen in a way that he expected it to happen. So we dive deep into that journey of shifting your perspective while holding on to your dreams We talk about how to overcome adversity, and most importantly, we talk about staying true to yourself throughout the whole journey. 
So if you're somebody who has a dream in your heart, or maybe you're facing some resistance in life, or you just need a little encouragement, I promise you'll walk away from this episode finding just that. I could keep talking about Tim in this conversation, but I'd rather you hear it for yourself. And if you like what you heard, I went ahead and linked Tim's Spotify profile along with his website and social media channels in the description to this episode. As always, I hope that this conversation blesses you as much as it did me. Here's what Tim has to say. Tim, my God, dude, I have to tell you, I am so excited about this episode, man. I'm so thankful that you're here today. Thank you. I'm super excited to be talking with you, Caleb. It's been a while, but uh, just for everyone who's been, who is listening, Tim McMorris, we'll get into all of his accolades, achievements, accomplishments, all the, just the great things that he's doing in the world. And that his story is probably one of my favorite stories uh, when it comes to any, any success story, but Tim was uh, a guy at the a leader at the church that if you're familiar with my story when I walked away from the NFL I moved to Canada uh, for about five six years where I did a lot of inner healing work and it really transformed my life and Tim was a pivotal character a pivotal person who mentored me who stood beside me who nurtured me who reflected things back to me that sometimes I didn't want to see or didn't want to hear. Uh, but Tim played such a major role in the transformation of my life. And to have him here on this podcast today is just such an honor. Thanks so much, man. You're, you're, you're amazing. I love this intro. <laughs> uh, Tim, you're probably one of the, um, I guess, let me say it like this. I don't think I've ever met somebody that has embodied the growth mindset quite like you. Right. And I have to ask, like, with that being said, what with coronavirus and, and work and a father of two beautiful children, a husband to an amazing woman, like, what are you leaning into these days? Well, um, like you said, you know, I, I kind of like to I like to be on the go and um, um, I like to keep working. And, um, you know, with the coronavirus happening, I think that, uh, well, let, let me put it like this. The way that I kind of see things is that the difference between um, adversity and opportunity is perspective, mm. if I can say that. And so, um, you know, the coronavirus is real. There's a, there's a lot of things and challenges going on. But at the same time, the most successful people really in, in the world will tell you that it's in those moments of adversity when the best opportunities open up. And so through this time, um, personally, uh, relationally, business-wise, in every area, we've just really been keeping our, our focus um, on the positive. What can, what can we do? Where is there an opportunity to grow, either in our business? How can we keep the momentum going for our family? You know, um, what we've told our children is that, you know, look, there's a flu and it's really bad. And, and for those who, who aren't familiar, uh, I, I have two daughters, one is five and one is about to turn three. Right. And so they don't, you don't need to give them all the information, right. but, uh, you say there's Hey, there's a really bad flu and we got to change things up for a little, a little while, but, uh, you know, they've adapted super quick because we've continued to do everything that we can while keeping safe. And they've 
pretty much been out living outdoors. Uh, uh, so it's, it, it's been good. And so basically just keeping the mindset, you know, what can we do now? Because this is going to end and, you know, and we did have to shut down our business for a little bit, but you better believe in the, in the background, right? The, the gears were, were still <laughs> turning and okay. Okay. What's next? What's next? What's next? So we're continuing, to, continuing to do the same thing that we've been doing and thinking about, you know, what's, what's, what's life going to look like when this is done and, and where can we continue to grow growth? You can't stop growing, right? Mm. If you stop growing, that's where you plateau yeah. in, in, in your life or even as a business. So we're still uh, uh, concerned and thinking about growing. How do you find the balance between like that, that constant desire for growth, but also allowing yourself to rest or to give yourself grace for maybe not being as proactive when the world quote unquote is burning down. Um, like where do you find that balance as a successful businessman, music producer and uh, everything that you're doing? Well, I, I think, you know, it's every person is different. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I think I can only talk really about myself personally. You know, people are driven by different things. Um, and, and I tend to be driven by work. And so, um, you know, finding, finding the, the, the right balance. I've always believed that, you know, you can't have success without sacrifice. And so, um, that end of the spectrum has um, never been a problem. But when it comes to uh, rest, you know, rest, rest is super important as well, just because, you know, it's good to think about the future, but you can't continually live there. Right. Um, because that can lead to such frustration and disappointment. And so, um, you know, I, I, I would say it's really about that. You know, I like to be future focused in the sense of I'm, I'm always thinking about, you know, what's coming up or what, what, you know, how can we do all these things? And, but um, it's important also to live, to really truly live in the present. And, um, you know, I, one of the, you know, if, if you ask me what was, what's the biggest, biggest success of my life, I actually wouldn't say the things that I've accomplished or anything like that. I would actually say that I don't believe my family life has suffered in the midst of those mm. accomplishments. And so um, for me, the most important when we're talking about balance, it's actually my family, you know, that's the most important thing to me, my wife and my, my two little girls and um, really making sure that that's in check. There's a time to work, but there's also a time when, you know, uh, my daughter Willow's like, daddy, can we go outside and play catch? I'll, I'll shut down whatever, you know, I'll shut it down right. right away. I'll say, yeah. Has that been something that you've really had to grow into? Cause I know like early on, I remember, you know, years ago when I would meet, when I met you, um, I don't think Willow, Willow wasn't even born yet, but it was the, there was such a fire and an intensity to you that if Willow was alive at that season of your life, would you have been able to shut things down? Well, I would, <laughs> I would like to believe that um, I could have. Um, you know, and, and like, you know, some people will tell you, they'll say you have to choose between business or family because you can't be successful mm. at both. And that I don't think that's true at all. Awesome. Um, I, I'm not going to say it's always easy. That's for sure. Especially given, you know, if you're a driven person, it is difficult to shut it off. But you have to, I think, determine beforehand 
what is important. And I think that's the difference. You know, the fact that I didn't have children at that time, there was more time and to focus on that because that's just what there was. Um, you know, of course, I had my marriage, which was extremely important and still is. And, yeah. and but, you know, children, that's just a whole different level. And um, I think at that point, you know, when, when when you're getting used to parenthood, you start to kind of reevaluate things and you say, OK, uh, there's, if this is going to work and, and be good then, you know, some things are going to have to change. And, and there's this, this, there's the side of it too, you know, growing up, I look at my own childhood mm-hmm. and, you know, my dad liked to work too. And, and he did a lot of things great. And there were some things that I thought, oh, looking back, I, I'm, I'm going to change that. And so the good thing, I guess, uh, having your own childhood to reflect on is that you can become the, the part of your parent that maybe um, you wish you had, right? Totally. No parent's perfect. And, and so, that's part of it too. I kind of look back and I remember those times when maybe, you know, I wanted to do something with my dad and, and he's busy working. Now you don't understand as a child, mm-hmm. right? Of course you don't understand, <laughs> Hey, we need to eat. And you know, that this is kind of important. Uh, you know, so, so it's just really, I think it pushed me into a whole other level of balance, really um, having, having kids. I love that. Uh, if you don't know, Tim McMorris, Tim is an internationally recognized music producer, composer, and recording ar- artist. Um, and Tim, you've worked with, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you worked with brands like Adidas, Toyota, Subway, Sam Adams. I remember the first time I saw a Sam Adams commercial, and I'm like, oh my God, this is Tim singing. This is Tim's song. <laughs> I was so excited. You're like my best friend when I hear the commercial. <laughs> but um, I know, and knowing your story, it didn't start there. You didn't just start making music and getting picked up by uh, these international brands. Uh, For somebody who might be just hearing your story for the first time, can you give them a little context on how this journey all started for you? And when was that, that big break moment? Was there a big break or is that a lot of subtle shifts over time? Yeah, it was, well, I think it was both. If I could uh, maybe start, um, you know, the, the story, the music story itself really began with my father, who who was a music producer himself, and and who was really involved um, in the Motown scene in Detroit in the early '70s and all the way through there, and so music has been something that's been in my family. His his brothers as well; they were all uh, excellent musicians, and they played and they toured. And I kind of grew up in that, and and I grew up watching my dad, and, and music was just a huge part of our family. So. Um, Music wasn't really like the goal uh, to begin with in that sense. It was just something that existed organically in my life since my earliest earliest memory. Uh, my mom, she always tells me stories of uh, uh, when, when they would buy, you know, my very first birthday, they bought me a ukulele. <laughs> which was was quite funny, and I, and I actually have one now that I can kind of play. Uh, I use it sometimes, not very well, um, but I use it in some some music. But um, it was like a kind of crazy foreshadowing, you know. Yeah. Um. And and so I grew up where music was really just a part of life, and um and that's the way that I thought about it for a long time. Eventually, I started really feeling the draw to to you know this is something I want to do with my life this is something you know that I want a career in but it really took a long time to get to um where I am now and I don't necessarily mean a long time uh 
in a sense of time itself, even though it kind of did. But I mean, my thinking changed a lot. Um, oftentimes, you know, when when we're trying to chase after something in life, we, we kind of think it's going to be a straight line. But uh, that that was definitely not the case. Mm-hmm. And um, I ended up where I envisioned, but definitely the path was completely different than I ever right. could have imagined. Um, you know, but um, I think part of part of that is really holding on to that dream. And so, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the kind of the fast version is um, things really began to kind of kick off for me, um, I would say, around early high school where I started to kind of play around and jam and, and, and play with different uh, groups or bands. And it wasn't anything, you know, huge or official around uh, Windsor, Ontario, um, where I was born. Um, but that kind of just drove things even further. Eventually, um, I made the, the move with my wife, Kylie, um, to be near Toronto. And um, at the time, that was both for, you know, she was acting at the time and um and i was really making an effort to pursue music and wanted to be you know closer to toronto because we thought that's where both of us could uh really get at our our dream there um and and yet we we ended up kind of hitting a wall there as well and so um there there came this time in my life where i kind of had to make a decision about music um, and I had to kind of deeply think about why, why am I doing this? Why am I pursuing it? And, and you know, I, I kind of stopped playing. Um, I wasn't really trying to be out and, and join any band or even make a name for myself. I took a few years where I kind of just thought deeply about um, why I wanted it and if it was something that I wanted for my life. And I came to this conclusion that well, let me put it like this i like to ride i like to ride uh the bike ride it's mm-hmm. something i really enjoy and, and 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 do a lot of it and uh and when you ride a bike it's the one time almost i find um exclusively where where you are headed is not as important as the journey itself mm. You know, when you're riding your bike, you're very focused on what's around you and you're kind of in the moment. And, yeah, you are going somewhere, but the, the, the joy of it is actually in the journey. And I started to think about what if the destination isn't the end goal, but what if the happiness of it is in the journey? And um, that kind of was an epiphany for me where I realized that so many people are chasing destinations Mm -hmm. that they miss the journey where happiness is found. And I thought, yes, I do want to do this because what I actually enjoy is the music itself. I enjoy creating, you know, I enjoy the process. I enjoy being in the studio or at that time, my, my bedroom closet, (laughs) you know? So (laughs) I I realized that, you know, don't get so caught up in trying to make something happen that you actually miss the love of it. And that was a really definitive moment for me. That's where I decided, yes, this is going to be a part of my life because ultimately I do have dreams and, Right. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, it wasn't just about that. It was about the love of it. And that's where things 
really started to change once once my mindset changed. Uh, that's not like obviously something. I'm not saying this to undermine the how big of a moment that is with you. Obviously, there's a lot of I guess platitudes and cliches in the the self help world now about destination versus the journey. And I think that's something that we all know that it's not about the destination or we've all heard before. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey, but living that out is pretty damn hard. <laughs> you know, I constantly have to check myself where I would love to arrive somewhere, right? There's that constant tug at my heart of like trying to get somewhere in life. And I know I'm not the only one with that. And I have to remind myself that, hold on, the journey is the reward. The journey is the reward. The journey is reward. And for a lot of reasons, it's in the journey that you allow yourself to be in the present. And when we can learn really learn how to abide in the present, that's when we really begin to, I think as Richard Rohr says, you know, when we abide in the present, we experience the presence, right? We experience um, whatever, you, we experience God, we experience the universal, we experience love, we experience it in the present. How do you stay connected to that to really make sure on practical in a practical way of waking up and really making sure that you're still abiding in the process, in the journey, and not in the destination? The most important thing that I do is I stop looking at the lives of other people. Oh. Um, because ultimately uh, for myself at least i found that that is what drives me to be unhappy it's good tim the rea- the reality that 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 i've come to understand is that there are many achievements along the journey but like i said you you can become so distracted you don't even realize the milestones you're hitting mm. and the reason that Oftentimes, I believe we don't uh, realize the milestones that we're hitting is because we're so busy comparing our lives to to the most successful people around us or, you know, things like that, that we minimize our own journey, our own journey. We minimize the successes that we've had. And so it's this constant hunger for greatness, you know, in, in comparison, to be honest, that really um, drives dissatisfaction. And so if I had to put it down to one thing, it was coming to terms with, I'm okay if I'm not recognized for anything Mm. in the grand scheme of compared to all 7 billion people. (laughs) I'm okay with that. And it was amazing how quickly, uh, you know, I'm not going to say every day you wake up and you're just, you know, uh, filled with happiness, but it's just like, I started to, when I started to be okay with not having to measure up to someone else's performance, it actually empowered me to thrive. And then one day you wake up and then, and then you do realize, oh my goodness, I've done something. And then you have people coming and saying, wow, you know, look at this. And and you're kind of like, well, I was just, I was just doing what I love to do. And that, and that kind of just happened. So instead of the ultimate goal in a sense success becomes the byproduct Mm -hmm. i relate to that so much um it's interesting because you know la is huge right it's so big there's so many people here so many people doing amazing things but it's also funny i was telling kara my fiance the other day i was like la is so big but yet it can be so small because Mm -hmm. it's almost like i i got off of instagram for the last few months i really haven't been doing anything on there 
because I had this moment where I realized that I, I was constantly looking at other people in my, I guess my lane where I talked a lot about my healing journey, obviously from football to Canada to where I'm at now. And I was following all the same people who were doing the same thing. And I found myself like, while our stories were different, we were really much, pretty much doing the same exact thing. And I realized that I was preventing myself from really growing in other areas of my life because I was just trying to keep up with what other people were doing, what other people were saying, what's more popular, what's, what's, what's re- relevant on social media right now, what's all the talk and the hype about, where I realized that was stunning my growth in so many other areas of my life that I had to completely remove myself from social media so that I could start focusing on growing out this, I guess, for lack of better words, or like the other side of my life that I've paid no attention to, right? I was trying to make a home in this little section of inner healing and toxic masculinity and so on and so forth. But I was just doing it trying to stay relevant when my heart was actually pulling me in a completely different direction to continue to grow in life. And it didn't happen until I stopped doing exactly what you said and really looking at other people's lives. And now I'm in this whole new season of growth that I didn't even know was there until I stopped that. Yeah. And it's, and it's amazing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Growth is, I want to, I want to run onto head on traffic sometimes, but (laughs) it's, uh, it's been, it's been necessary. I find that it's not a coincidence that this season of growth is happening, you know, on the cusp of getting married to the woman I love so, so much. And it's just necessary. It really is part of the process, you know? The tricky thing about growth is that, you know, everything that is healthy grows, but everything that grows is not healthy. That's true. And so, and, and it's like the backside of things oftentimes, right? We can't, we can't even look at growth itself and say, oh yes, if it's growing, then it's good. Right. Because that's not necessarily the case, right? And so it's about, like, like you said, even yourself, right? Finding that balance. Absolutely. Tell me about, um, so there was that, 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 that paradigm shift that happened in your life where you realize that, oh my God, I really do love music and I'm okay if I'm never recognized. And that was a big moment. But there's also, um, I guess, moments, you know, this didn't happen easily for you because I can remember the, the stories of you, you know, living in Ontario and going through winters with no heat, right? Yeah. Like you literally had no heat. You're, you're producing music wearing all of your winter clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where was the actual big break in your career? Right. So um, let me say this first. Please. I don't believe that there's anything wrong in competing with yourself and wanting to be the best version of yourself that you believe you're capable of. So, um, so just to clarify, you know, when I say, uh, stop looking at other people in that sense, it's not to say stop being excellent or to, to not push yourself to, to, you know, what you believe is inside you. And that was all that, that's kind of, um, you know, once that transition happened, there was still absolutely that desire to, and I'm still doing it now. I haven't, I haven't reached the pinnacle moment. I don't believe of, uh, uh, my capability creatively or anything like that. So, um, but what really shifted, I mean, first of all, you know, when you have a dream, well, the the quickest way to kill a dream is to share it with small minds, first Mm. of all. So you have to be careful about who you're letting into your circle as it were. But you, you know, I, I honestly would say one of the most important things was my wife being along, you know, 
being beside me through a lot of these seasons, you need, you know, somebody to believe in you mm-hmm. <laughs> other than yourself. It's not, it's not, it's not healthy to try and, you know, when you're trying to do anything, uh, when we're talking, when we're talking about life, you know, goals and things of that nature, um, alone. And so first of all, um, having her alongside, you know, when we, when we would, it would be crazy. Here I am, like you, you talk about this story, very, you know, completely true story. We, I was recording in the um, basement of a um, abandoned building, basically. It wasn't abandoned in the sense of, um, you know, it was owned by my mother-in-law, yeah. but it wasn't being used. And so it was just a concrete, this huge concrete space. <laughs> and I, I brought all the gear I had, and it was the winter, and I literally, you know, in my huge, you know, snowboarding jacket and uh, multiple layers of clothing would sit there. <laughs> and record um and at the same you know and at the same time i would have the support of my wife while i you know spent the majority of our money on buying things like equipment and it was kind of it was it was a big risk it was a big risk and so um having that behind me knowing that she had my back no matter what you know that was that was huge now where things really began to um take a turn was like I said before, when I started to kind of realize that the path to where I wanted to be didn't have to be a straight line, I became more willing to think differently about what that might look like. One thing I'll tell you about music that I've always disliked is fame, which sounds strange. And it's not to sound, you know, I feel like that's such a, oh, he dislikes fame. <laughs> okay. you know, not, you know, but I, I truly, I, I dislike it in the sense of, um, I just, I'm kind of introverted and I'm mm-hmm. actually heavily introverted and I can, I can perform, I can do that, but it's never been comfortable for me. And it's actually not something that I really wanted. I enjoy the creation process. I like being in the studio alone. <laughs> I like writing. I, you know, I like that side of it, but when it actually comes to the performance of it, that's where I, I kind of start going, eh, I don't, I don't like that so much. And then there's also the other side of things is that so many people I've looked up to, you see them fall and you're like, no, yeah. you know, and, and so I've always been weary about, uh, for my own sake, it's like, you know, if, if people do start liking your stuff, don't get a big head because mm-hmm. that's just going to be uh, bad news. But um, so I started searching around, you know, how can music be, how can I get into music without maybe being in a band necessarily uh, with just writing? And that's really where I was introduced to the term of licensing, music licensing. I stumbled across um, a website called Audio Jungle um, that um, I hadn't really heard much about at the time. I was running a business doing web development and music was, you know, a side gig really. Um, And uh, I stumbled across this site and I started listening to what some of the people were doing there. And when I listened to it, I thought I could do that. (laughs) And um, you could actually see on the website how much these people were making because it would have a little icon and show you, oh, they made, you know, 50000 total or they made $100,000 total. And I'm like, wait a minute, this guy $100,000 selling this song? And, I, you know, and I thought, I, I'm like, I can do that. And that is where things really began to turn for me. I signed up for an account on this website. And I passed all the criteria that, uh, you know, needed to be passed. And I started simply to enthusiastically upload music. 
and it was one of the songs um, called It's a Beautiful Day that mm-hmm. caught the attention of somebody working there um, who decided to feature that song on their platform, and that really started to move things. That's awesome. I have to say, like, still today, I cannot listen to your music and not smile. <laughs> it's just something to us. Like, it just feels good. Like, your music, I, you actually feel it, and it feels good. And so it's 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 obvious that somebody would hear It's a Beautiful Day, because that's one of my favorite songs of yours, um, and then feature that song. Well, it, you know, and there's intentionality behind it. Yeah. I believe I believe in music with a message, right? Mm-hmm. I really believe, I, I believe that, um, and that's the music that I enjoy the most uh, as well. Something that really means something, and I understand there's artistic, you know, representation, and there's all sorts of things that can be behind it. But at the end of the day, um, I want to positively impact someone's life. Yeah. That is a part of the goal, and sometimes that's telling my own story. Sometimes that's telling, you know, a different story. But I'm very aware of the message. And to be quite frank, I want to create something that my own children can listen to as well. Yeah, it's good. What I'm really hearing here and like what I'm taking away from this uh, conversation is so many of us do have dreams and we do have vision. We do have goals in life, but we're so focused on seeing them to come to pass one way, right? We might have a very myopic view of how that's going to happen, but listening to your story, you you had that dream, you've had the vision, you've had the goals in your life, but you allowed yourself the space to see it in another way. And, and maybe it didn't come to pass the way that you initially thought it would be, uh, but there was, I think, this honoring of your truth, where I feel like so many musicians, obviously, it's like, I want my music to be heard, I want to be famous, I want to tour, and that's good and it's great, and it's, it's not necessarily wrong, but for you, you knew that didn't resonate with you. And there was probably so many opportunities there for you to betray your truth than to portray what was really real for you and try to make it happen like that. But there was something that was, well, you, you were, I guess, rewarded, you know, for honoring that truth and seeing it in a different direction. So what would you say to maybe somebody um, that's in that battle of like, hey, I'm going after this goal. I'm going after this vision. I've been going after it but it's not coming to pass the way I expected, but I have a hard time letting that go because letting that go is, face it, it's damn scary because in a lot of ways it probably looks like you're giving up on your dream in some sorts. Right. Well, um, I'm trying to decide how honest I should be. <laughs> Please. Question. <laughs> so there's an element that you really have to be brutally honest with yourself, first mm. of all where when, when you're pursuing a dream, there needs to be a moment where there are goals attached to that dream, first mm. of all, because a dream needs focus, right? Movement is not always progress. And a dream without a goal is just wishful thinking. Mm-hmm. A lot of people dream, but they never put an actual plan to it. And a lot of people never really honestly look at themselves and say, do I believe I have what it takes to pursue this thing? Now, like I said, it's not always about reaching this point, but the reality is, you know, if, if you're headed a direction and, you know, there is a goal, you have to be honest with yourself. In, in, in the world of music, there's a lot of people 
who simply speaking, you can always learn something. It's like, you know, think of American Idol, right? And, and, and things like this where you have people who they don't actually have the talent mm. to do what they book, but they are so convinced yeah. that, you know, that they have the talent and they are absolutely crushed. Well, there is a very real side of life that when you are, you have to count the cost. Mm-hmm. You have to look at where it is you're trying to go and say, do I really think I have the resources or the ability or whatever to get there? Because the truth is, if if you don't and, you know, you've kind of been hoodwinked into believing that you're going to get there, um, it's going to be so devastating and disappointing. It will be less devastating to stop and and have, you know, take the time to really feel out it is the, what you want to do than it is to go down that whole road your whole life and at the, and at the very end you're filled with regret, right? So that's one side of it. But the other side of it is there has to be it simply comes down to really being able to have that personal epiphany about is what I am doing. Why am I doing it? Am I doing it because I truly enjoy it? Or is the motivation behind why I'm pursuing it based on some other factor? Is it based on it's what my parents wanted me to always become? It's based on I thought I would get recognition if I became this. It's based on I, I believe that if I reach this one moment, then I, I will be happy. Yeah. It, you know, there's all these other motivations. The only the, the, the truest advice that I can give is does it make you happy? Do you enjoy it? Do you enjoy it when, when no one's around? Do you enjoy it, you know, in, in the, the frustration of it and in the success of it? Ultimately, it really comes down to that, I think. Yeah, it's so important to know. I think uh, I keep thinking of a conversation that we had several years back, not to go like biblical here, but I think it was about like something along in the Bible. <laughs> um, uh, um, what is, it's Mark 4, so like the, the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches or whatever. But you were telling me a story about uh, how if some, if some like big music producing agency came and offered you a lot of money you would probably turn that down because it would actually be detrimental to your dream and there was like this level of you really knowing I remember thinking sitting there like not only you knowing like what your dream is but there was such an integrity with the motivation behind your dream yeah that I mean um that wasn't just uh that actually did happen that, okay that did happen okay <laughs> It wasn't, it wasn't just like a, a, a parable, yes. um, but there were a few pivotal moments where, um, let me, let me say this first. Cause some, some indie musicians have this idea. It's like, I don't need a label and, and all the labels are evil. And there's, there honestly is a time for a label and there are, are places for that. So I'm not sure. I'm not necessarily saying that, but when uh, things started to take off for me, at a certain time, all of the major labels came out of the woodwork. I'm talking about the largest record yeah. companies on on the planet who offered me a lot of money 
um, to to give up a lot of rights. And, you know, they said, you know, we're going to make you this and we're going to make you that and everybody's going to know this and we want you to come here and we're going to fly you right there. Like, we'll have you on a plane next week and you're going to be with this person and, and we want you to meet this artist. And, you know, this this kind of happened around um, 2012 when um, my, my song Overwhelmed, it, it peaked mm. at number two on the iTunes singer songwriter charts in the United States. This was uh, right around the same, same time that Samuel Adams um, synchronized it for an ad campaign that ran nationally in the U.S. And so there was a lot of kind of hype for it, and it got a lot of airplay. What was and number one? Do you re- remember? It was Ed Sheeran. Oh, okay. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and and yeah, looking back, looking back, I, it's like, dude. I, I remember I actually screenshot on my computer at the time just because I wanted to, to remember when it was at number two and I had forgot at the time I really didn't necessarily know. And I'm looking back and I'm like, Ed Sheeran was number one and you were number two for that single. Like, did you realize, you know, That's so cool. what, just, what just happened there? Uh, yeah. And, 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 and ultimately when my wife and I discussed it and we looked at our life and we looked at, the potential of how different our life could end up looking. We said, you know what? We want to take this at our own pace. Mm. And, you know, it's proven to be successful by that moment, by that point. It was a gamble going through it, but we finally reached somewhere. And then that, and that's how it always is. As soon as you reach some level of exterior success, people come knocking. Mm. And, um, And I think that's, that's, that's really a time when, when maturity, uh, you really need maturity and you really need wisdom to know what to do next or what not to do next. I think there's just a, there's an element of just staying true to who you know you to be in that moment too. Yeah. Right. And, uh, what is, does that, I guess, I don't, I guess, what does that look like? Cause I, I, I even feel like in my heart, like that would be challenging for me to, um, to let something like that go. Um, and I would really question myself in a lot of ways. And I think it would be because there would be so many outside voices speaking into that moment. And so I'm guessing that's probably step number one. Like you said earlier, be careful on who you're allowing into the conversations around these moments of your life. Do you have a step two staying true to yourself? You have to have people in your life that you can trust in moments where you don't want to listen to them. You, you, you have to have people in your life who you trust before big decisions like this come up. Mm-hmm. And you have already decided that you're going to take the guidance when the moment arises. Yeah. Because oftentimes in the moment, you won't want to do it. Now, me particularly, um, particular to my story, my, I had watched actually my own family, my, my dad and, and my mother, go through a horrible time with the record label in their own um, music business. And I really saw um, the viciousness of what that could look like. And it instilled something in me um, that was perhaps more um, intense maybe than if if somebody didn't encounter that and they just came up to a deal. Because a lot of people take these deals, by the way. And a lot of people get really famous and really rich from them. And I'm not – so, again, I'm not necessarily – 
necessarily saying this is this is how right. you need to handle this in every single moment. But for me, this was important because the way if I can just go back again, and this is just me. So whoever's listening out there, this doesn't <laughs> have to doesn't have to be you. But for me, when I look at the end of my life, the most important thing is my family, and anything that I start to see as a potential to not make that future version of what I want happen, I really start to, to con, con, you know, say, is it worth it? And when I started to look at, okay, yeah, you get this deal, but how much would your life change? And what does this look like in the future? What does this look like for your marriage even? You know, what does this look like? And, and the more that I started to ponder the ramifications of what that could be, and as I said earlier, I wasn't chasing fame. And I know that was definitely the opposite of what I was looking for. Right. Um, you know, I, I just, and, and watching my family go through that growing up, I said, you know what, there must be a better way. And they told me, the, the, my lawyer at the time told me, he said, You're, you must know something that I don't. <laughs> and I said, I do. But um, <laughs> he wasn't trying to be flattering. He, he was basically saying, you're, you're, an, you're, idiot. Complete, you're an idiot. <laughs> you're, you are an idiot. I do this for a living. I do this every day. Right. You are literally turning down all this money for what? So you can stay in your, you know, and stay in Canada and, and, and you know, uh, but it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out really well, I would say. Uh, Tim, do you have any regrets? Of course. Yeah. Do yeah. I have any regrets in music? Do I have any regrets in life? Just <laughs> biggest regret when on this whole journey. Um, my biggest regrets come from repeating mistakes. I would say. Mm. Um, I don't have a problem with making mistakes. Yeah. You know, because that is the way that we often learn. But um, there have been some you know, times in my life where I've repeated the same mistakes and maybe have gone through things I didn't have to go through. Um, you know, I, I, I regret those things, but I always just try to learn the best that I can through things that haven't turned out the, the way that um, I wish they did. Another regret I have is, is as you know, staying humble is difficult. Mm. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And, and once things kind of started to take off and I'd been doing it for a while, you know, there would be times where I'd have interactions with people who, and you know, it does get kind of exhausting because what happens is a lot of people start to write and ask questions and want help and yeah. you help people as much as you can, but you have your own life too. And so eventually, you know, you, you just have, you can't write back every email, you know, and I do regret some of those moments where, you know, people re reached out and they, they were looking for help. And I just, I just literally didn't reply because I was so exhausted or, you know, but there has, there has to be boundaries. Totally. Right. And, and so immaturity, uh, there, there are just certain situations over the years that I, I handled immaturely, but, um, I kind of leave it at that yeah. understanding that it's a part of the growth process. You're not going to going to be perfect. You're not going to get everything right. But now, um, if I can, I try to learn from other people's mistakes. That's <laughs> <laughs> there have never been truer words spoken. <laughs> uh, what would you say is? I'm just curious, honestly. What would you say is like that biggest? And maybe you've already said it, but the biggest mindset shift from the beginning of your journey to where you are now. Like, what do you see differently the most? Is um, just in life. I know you talked about the the, the destination versus the process, uh, but was there anything else? 
Well, you know, it's it can be a little difficult to kind of um, microscopically pick mm-hmm. out things sometimes because I think a lot of these uh, attitudes and ideas and philosophies they kind of go together to form one big picture. Yep. Um, you know, s- strictly from uh, uh, a business perspective. I would say that adaptability plays the most significant role in long-term success, strictly from the business side of things. Yep. Um, as we see with the world right now going through a pandemic, you know, if you don't adapt, you don't survive. Yeah. And there's this hesitation to stay familiar with, to, to the things that we know. And, um, even in the music business right now, as things kind of change a little bit and, you know, you have to sometimes go into some uncomfortable territory looking for the opportunity, you know, what I was kind of talking to for personally, there's, there's kind of, you know, maybe two, two sides. One is your, is your work ethic in that, um, I'm not going to lie. I work hard. Yeah. <laughs> let, let me tell you, I, I really, I do work hard. I, I, I wake up very early. We were chatting just before, you know, we began here and my day started at 5 a.m. And the truth is that I'm working a lot when a lot of people are sleeping. Yeah. And, you know, so there is the work ethic component to it. But beyond work ethic, I would say that, and we, we kind of really have, have already covered it, but there is that balance of looking down the scope of your life and working towards something, but also not living there so that you just live a life of dissatisfaction. And again, it sounds cliche, but the difference is, look, you can, you can, uh, it's just like reading a book. How many books have we read where you just completely forget the contents or maybe you can remember the quote, yeah. but until that becomes alive on the inside of you, right? Yeah. We've heard, you know, don't, don't, don't chase the destination. <laughs> don't miss the journey. We've heard it a hundred different ways, but until that becomes an internal reality for you until you can peel your eyes off the end and look at what is right in front of you right now. If we can just look at our life right now and be thankful for the things that are going right, to be thankful for where we are, to be thankful for the successes and the victories that we had, and to allow ourselves to be alleviated of the pressure to become something and truly realize, here's another cliche, one we are something right mm-hmm. each each person is beautiful and unique and has a whole set of giftings and things that make them wonderful you know it's it's waking up to realize you're not trying to be something you amazing you are something amazing now find what you enjoy and go after that thing with everything in you and don't make it to become a pro uh, you know this 
crazy strict process that is going to drive you to insanity because you're just trying to get to one point that you might <laughs> get there and hate, you know, and really, so that's all that I can say really to answer that question that is really what we've covered and just maybe to cover it again, just to drive it home and say that that is yeah. in my estimation, the most important thing. I love it. Uh, last uh, but not least, you just released a new EP. Uh, yeah. That song Promised Land, dude, is fire. It is so <laughs> good, you. man. It honestly is. Uh, and there you said those, so people can find that music on Spotify. There's music videos. I'm guessing that's out on like YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. So the EP is called Hope. Um, and there's, there's two songs on it, Promised Land and Survivor. Um, and it's currently on digital stores everywhere worldwide. And so if you go on your platform of choice and you just type in hope or hope to McMorris, that would be more hope, helpful. <laughs> uh, then, then you'll be able to find it there. Um, there's one music video that came out just recently for survivor that's on YouTube and promised land. The music video is due out in September. Awesome. I'll make sure that I'd link, uh, uh, just all of your music and your your profiles and everything, your website on the description to this podcast. Tim, I can't thank you enough. And honestly, I just want to say like, thank you. Uh, and I just honor you because I know this journey has not been always easy for you. Uh, and you're doing just so many incredible things and you're helping so many people, including myself, uh, as I embrace my own journey. So I just want to honor you and just say thank you. Thank you so much, Caleb. It's been fun, and it's been uh, it's been amazing to to you know as I listen even to your own own journey through these uh, um, podcasts as well. It just reminds me of of how far you've come yourself, and I think it's just phenomenal. So, people, you you got to listen to this guy. You listen to this guy right here. He He's uh, asking me the questions. We also need to be asking him the questions. Thanks, Tim. Tell your family I said hi. Well. Shadows bow down to the light People so high They brought down so low But when they need love We shut down the flow The problem's so noisy We just need some silence But all that we get is more hate and gun violence And when we should extend some grace Instead we still choose to shed blood
Shadows bow down to the light. 